0: Yeah, the more I read about this Trey Sessler, the more he sounds crazy.
1: I actually looked at that he had over a million views and that's all of his videos put together. So So
0: he was was not really a powerhouse anything. No, no, he wasn't. Okay. But all these other reviewers that I've never heard of uh, are talking about how he was so influential and always, I'm like, but you're even smaller.
1: And I love the ones that are like, me and anime fan one two five six three are doing a a video together. I'm like, wow, those are those are some really seller names you got. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that that's that's why I went with TVs, Mr. Neal, because you know there's no one else with that name. And I love these YouTube users. Or they got the they got the name with like the number after it. And it's like it's like some guy who really wanted that email address, but like a thousand other people already had it. So he's like, well, I'll take it.
0: I'm like, no no you don't do that <laughs> that would drive me nuts it's just really really funny I just okay There are horrifying things about this crime but the only news article I read that's even blaming anime is is by the daily mail which is a which is a fucking you know British tabloid I'm like yeah okay even fucking CNN didn't do that so why are people complaining yeah. I mean, fucking CNN just said, oh, he was called Mr. Anime. Oh, and by the way, the most horrifying thing is he rated serial killers.
1: Exactly.
0: I mean, CNN was fair and balanced there. Come on. Who yeah. cares what the Brits fucking think?
1: Yeah, you really have to dig to find the the crazies.
0: <laughs> no one's blaming anime at all. Nope.
1: Which is good. Oh. Maybe Maybe back in the early 90s they would have. You know, if this happened back in like 1992, they'd be showing they'd be showing pictures of uh, Gogo 13 and being like, "Your children watch this? This may be cause for alarm." Oh boy, it's yeah, it's because that was back when uh, they were looking at video games and yeah, uh, what's his f- fucking face, the who? Joe Lieberman, who was like on a crusade against video games, along with Gore. And uh, what political party were they again? They were yeah, I know. It, and I love whenever these issues come up and suddenly all my liberal friends turn into libertarians. They're like, well, actually, it's it's the parents' job to look after what the children are doing. And I'm like, oh, really? That, that
0: sounds familiar. That's what I always say. I say a parent should be involved. If I ever had kids, I would control what cartoons they watch. Yeah, but I'm like, when it's your issue, you become a libertarian. So that can be In like, you know, that's what I always do. I always say, "Oh, I'll, I'll." And people tell me, "Oh, you'd be a horrible parent if you controlled what cartoons they watch." I'm like, "No, I think it'd be a, the best parent in the world." Yeah, because that's what you're supposed to do. I'd be like, "Oh, the crap, man! You're watching this. Here's some Batman the animated series."
1: <laughs> so it's not even like whether the content is objectionable or not. It's totally that the quality of the animation.
0: I watched Batman the animated series when I was. Like nine, I know, and you know, like I said, it's it has to do with uh, actually, uh, it has to do with what you say to kids, like with the, uh, you know, actually, married with children had a lesson about this, where uh, where basically Al Bundy says the problem is you don't have parents that say to their kids, son, don't do that. Yeah, it's really
1: pretty sad when married with children gets it right. Oh, Mike Blanchard had a an uh, interview with. Dan Gilvezan this week. He just put it up. Who
0: is Dan Gilvezan again? He's the voice of Bumblebee.
1: Oh, I'm a gold bug. That you are, Bumblebee. <laughs> and he's actually he's actually a pretty funny guy. He was he was he was asking about about the gold bug scene, and and Blancher's like the only one on earth who thinks that was a good idea. And Dan's like, well, you're in the minority, Mike.
0: Ooh, <laughs> and, that that probably <laughs> caused his brain to short circuit. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before web comics, there was independent and self published web release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. Hello and welcome to a very quick uh, animation fiction autos. Uh, I'm your host, Ben, joined by my, my co host, TV's Mr. Neil.
1: From now on, that's exactly who you'll be. Shit, peace.
0: And tonight. We are just t- doing a very quick talk about the very recently uh, released, the uh, first two episodes of uh, The Legend of Korra, the uh, sequel series to Avatar The Last Airbender, the Nickelodeon animation uh, extravaganza, one of the greatest animated series of all time. And it looks like they are continuing the tradition of good writing and good animation at Nickelodeon.
1: And, and where can they find that? Is it on... Horanation is always yes it is? yes
0: and it is l- totally legit Nickelodeon sponsored
1: and, and it's not bad comedy
0: it is good stuff it's uh, a <laughs> l- the thing is uh, you know we just recently released the Teen Titans episode and that's all about when you do you know anime influence wrong and then you have something that does it all correctly and I'll let you yeah. know give some thoughts here.
1: Well, we were comparing it to uh, certain uh, comic artists, and we we said that The Legend of Korra is like like the work of Adam Warren. It's someone who takes the best of what anime had and interprets it for an American audience and makes it cool and fun to look at. And then you have Teen Titans, which is, uh, like, what's his name? Uh, What was his name again? Ben Dunn? Ben Dunn,
0: yes. It's Ben Dunn.
1: Oh, God. And I, I said, well... I think it would be more like Katie Coop. Ooh.
0: <laughs>
1: and Go ahead go ahead, and ask fast who Katie Coop is. He knows.
0: You have someone who shows a tiny bit of talent, almost, kind of, in a field and decide, oh, I can make a field out of this before, you know, the real, real gatekeeper's up to keep the bad out. And, you know, releases a How to Draw Anime book that is so bad.
1: I know. It's horrendous. But yeah, I, I love all the, uh, I love as you call it, this secondary animation that's in there, the the little uh, subtle movements that the characters do. But there's one scene in particular where it was like, uh, what was it like, the governor of the city or something? The uh, the, the police chief. Yeah, and she's she's got the she's got chorus, uh sat down, and uh, the Avatar's son comes in. He's going to be training the new Avatar, and and he takes responsibility for the mess she made in the city. We'll we'll get to that, but. As as they're leaving, uh, the the chief of police does the I'm watching you gesture, like, like from uh, Meet the Parents. And, and Cora does it back there with this really sarcastic look on her face. And it's great. You never see stuff like that in animation. Anymore. No. It, Except today.
0: Yes. And this animation is spectacular. I mean, you have vehicles that are CG, but they're done right for a change. It's uh, because the color palette matches. They feel like it's really a part of this world. Versus, oh wow, they're Seth MacFarlane. It, it, no, it doesn't feel like that at all.
1: Yeah, it's not. Like, it's not like just just you know, uh, static blocks that move around the, the animated world. I mean, they're. It's like the Iron Giant. They're animated to look like they're drawn, but you could still tell that they're CG. So they don't. It, it doesn't really call your attention to it like like a, like other CG effects would, like in. Uh, Earth's
0: Mightiest Heroes. Yeah, it's it's really good stuff. It's a uh, you know, like I said, this is the antithesis. It, it's sort of funny that uh, that uh, Teen Titans is doing some uh, some shorts in, in DC Nation, and it's still crap. And then Avatar comes back, and it's still spectacular. Mm-hmm. It's and uh, I have to apologize to our listeners. In the Teen Titans episode, Fest made some implications when he pointed out that Avatar: The Last Airbender started two years after Teen Titans started. And uh, you know, I don't know if he really intended to make this implication, but it sounded like it to me, because he he tried to imply that uh, that if it wasn't for Teen Titans, you know, being out there giving the Japanimation look, would, that that Avatar would have been greenlit. At least that was the implication from how he was talking.
1: You know, I wouldn't even be bothered if that was true, just because just because if if Nickelodeon said, okay, this this worked on. On Cartoon Network, you guys can do it, and then the people who got the green light were like, "Okay, we're going to show you guys how to do it right." So that's that's the way I look at it. Six million and besides, viewers. And besides, if you look at the way Avatar is is animated, it's it's nothing like like Teen Titans. It's like it's like somebody hopped in a DeLorean, went back in time to when anime was good, which was like which was like the early to mid '90s, and then evolved it off into a separate direction away from the weeaboo crap and took it in this in this direction where all the softer styles in uh could,
0: could uh, evolve and what i really love about the whole avatar universe is <clears throat> there's there's lots of there's lots of things that you can see here that is very obvious of where the influences are it's not purely japanese in the first avatar yeah. series there's lots of chinese and korean influence in the designs and and the uh, clothing and all that. In, in Legend of Korra, it's much more of a, like an early 20s New York, yeah. and it works really well.
1: Yeah. But even, even when I'm comparing it to anime, I'm comparing it to anime that is, that is inspired from things outside of Japan. Like the, the anime era that I like is very much inspired by Disney, so when I, when I see this and I'm comparing it to that, I'm not, I'm not comparing it directly to a, a Japan-centric style. I'm just saying that it's uh it's like it's like uh it's kind of I think of this show as being like an evolution off of something like like the irresponsible Captain Tyler. Exactly which is much more which was much more globally palatable than you know anything that's on
0: today. Or even even Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. It's it's just such a beautiful look. It's uh so much care went in here. I mean, they could have done anything with a sequel avatar series. They could have skimped a little bit on the animation. Budget, but no, they were like, no, let's use more money.
1: Yeah, this is like,
0: this is pretty close to being feature quality animation, I think. It is, it really is. It's, uh, you know, the animation is gorgeous. The voice acting is spot on. There's there's so much emoting with with the characters moving in the animation, these secondary motions. This is what makes characters feel alive, that makes them feel like real people to you instead of just these things that just walk around and then mouth flap. Yeah, and that's one thing that most people forget now. It's you have to have some emoting.
1: And my God, there's emoting in this cartoon.
0: Yeah, it's a. Uh, let's talk about the main character herself, Cora. Yeah, solidly built,
1: and yet sexy. <laughs> <laughs> she, they don't. They don't like. They don't bulk her up and make her like mannish.
0: No, but she does have some broad shoulders. Yes, yeah, she does. And she does like to smile when she kicks ass. That's one of Neil's... Uh... Oh, yeah. And really, th- these episodes are a lot of fun. They're, there's just uh, there's just so much in here that just sort of grabs you. It's uh, Neil has seen very little of the original series, but I don't think it's really a requirement to jump right into Korra. No, I don't think so. It, I think it, it's very forgiving to a new person, and it might even inspire Neil to watch more of the old series. I think so. It's... Because it's not, it's not really that, you know. It's it's extremely influential. This series, this series is really about what's what's going to happen now. It's it brings you into this whole world. It's about, it's almost hundred years since the end of the of Avatar: The Last Airbender, and it captures you because <clears throat> because you're, you're just looking at this new world. That's you know, in Avatar: The Last Airbender, the the world was more of a feudal age. In technology, and now it's a little bit more Roaring Twenties, but it works. Yeah. It really works.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like, I like that they advanced the technology
0: so that it's not just the same world. It's an evolving world, it, and it works so well. There's a—I mean, the, the motions, the actions, you, these are animators that understand gravity, I mean, that's one of the things that you don't see much anymore. You know, where a character doesn't just float when we're jumping around. You know, someone's moving. You have a sense that, you know, when they stop moving up, they're going to start falling.
1: Yeah. And when they get hit, you can feel the weight of whatever they're getting smacked with. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's... There's the comedy's solid. The action is solid. The story has me very interested. I was afraid of watching this because I was afraid of this not being as good as the... Original Avatar series. I was, you know, it sounds silly, but it's always a, it's always a worry of, oh my god, what if this is the time the shark has jumped? <laughs> but no, no, the, the, this team is solid. The, this the, this team is solid. They've proven themselves yet again. This this is easily something that that can be watched, and this is something, you know, Nickelodeon should be making more series, not exactly like this, but with the same philosophy of kick-ass animators get kick-ass storyboarders make them work really close together Mm -hmm. and come out with something great something with its own identity
1: yeah this is the type of animation that i i wasn't even sure if this was possible anymore just because uh the way the old studio system was where you could where you have the director like literally over the shoulder of the animator he could tell him what to do whereas today they set it all overseas and you know you don't really have that advantage and now they're they're like doing that kind of stuff again. I'm like, oh shit, this is
0: this is awesome. And this is all Korean animators too. I mean, 20 yeah. years ago, would you, Neil, would you believe that Korea would produce animation like this? This is TMS quality now.
1: Yeah. Oh god, no. I would never have thought that Korean animators would be able to do something like this.
0: Well, you offend my honor, sir?
1: <laughs> well, you have to remember that. That I'm uh, kidding. That I I saw the dawn of Acom.
0: Yes. Does Acom still just get money from just The Simpsons now?
1: Uh, I'm I think that's mainly what they do now.
0: Yeah, it's but yeah this this is really great and like I said, Nickelodeon has a gold mine on their hands right now. I mean, they did with the original Avatar. You know, man they they must have made so much money on the original Avatar, and now that they're going to do it again, I mean, this is just this is where they should be going again. They should they should be. Finding members of this team or finding other kick ass animators and telling them, "Hey, look, build a world, you know work with the animators closely, make something great, yeah, I mean, well, already Nickelodeon is already kicking Cartoon Network's ass, so
1: oh yeah, you could tell that these animators uh enjoy what they're doing, yes
0: absolutely that that's the difference. 'Cause a real animator, it's 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 just it's not about just drawing drawing moving pictures. You know, like we were always saying, the secondary emotions make the characters feel alive. It's it's just, you know, the emoting, the expressive faces, the the shadow lines, the everything that makes cartoons worth watching is back again.
1: For the time being. Until someone comes along and screws it up. Well that's yeah, that's kind of a downer, but that's on, on the on the off chance that uh, that Viacom hires Jamie Kellner,
0: oh, shoot. don't even joke about that. <laughs> but yeah, it's why can't Cartoon Network do this? Um, because they're
1: showing hole in the wall right now. God damn it!
0: <laughs> it's 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 just a sad state of affair. I mean, is Bruce Tim even working on anything that is going on Cartoon Network, or is he still just doing the movies?
1: Well, isn't he doing the new... uh Well, that's CG, but the new uh Green Lantern.
0: I'm going to say something that's not very popular, but the new Green Lantern is shit. Uh, I haven't really watched it. Okay, well, it's shit. Okay. It, you know, because the, the, the CG on that series, it's a little segue we're doing right now, but it's not that much better than the CG used in the Justice League intro. Oh, yeah. And that's, like... 15 years old. <laughs> I mean, Incredibles is how old now? And that looks better than this. Yeah. But then again, Incredibles was Brad Bird, but
1: yeah, and it was, it was also Pixar and it was a theatrical movie,
0: but those many years, I mean, just like how uh, legend of Korra is using the technology from, uh, from iron giant, it's not quite at that level, but it's good enough that it doesn't really grab you as, oh, this is CG, it's shit. Yeah. And so, you know, they can use the technology from feature films. That's that's all I'm saying. It's, they don't just throw something into a 3D Studio Max and say, oh, we just rendered something. We just saved ourselves time. We don't want to draw a car. <laughs> oh, maybe they're using Maya. Most of the industry is Maya. Uh, it's overall... Overall, this is this is great. This should be watched. This should be supported. This this is really where anime should be going again. And uh, you know, <clears throat> I hate to rag on Fest too much. I actually tried to get Fest to watch the original Avatar: The Last Airbender, and he said he did, he couldn't watch it because he said it was too serious. But but it it's got comedy in
1: it. I mean, yeah, it's a it, it's not like a like a uh, a gag short like Yogi Bear, but you know it it does have humor, and it is pretty funny.
0: I think what he says is it took itself too seriously or something like that. But you know, you're telling a story about war, and I I can't explain his reasoning. I mean, he tried to explain his reasoning, and I still didn't get it. He, I actually showed him some bit of it, and he actually sighed because he. Couldn't stand the good animation and storytelling.
1: They're moving like real people. I can't take this.
0: <laughs> Where are the still frames? I can't. I can't stand this showing the weight of these hits. And was this real martial arts being used? What, what is this? They're supposed to stop walking and then start talking. <laughs> okay, we're starting to make fun of Fess a lot here. I'm sorry, Fess, but come on, <laughs> calling me an elitist? Really? <laughs> but yeah, the, the, watch Legend of Korra. This this is good. This this is the stuff that should be supported. I, we, should, yeah. we should reward stuff like this with viewership.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Because maybe then they can understand that this is what they should be making. Yeah. It, or else everything else would be been done. Oh, God. <laughs> And on that note, I think we're going to end this little short special of the quick review of Legend of Korra episodes one and two. Um, I'm your host, Ben. With TV, Mr. Neil. And we're saying good night and go watch Legend of Korra. Do you
1: like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, geekcastradio.com's newest podcast. Join us here on the Telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on GeekCastRadio.com.
0: I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. I bring in guest hosts who will be full-time co-hosts in Steve Megatron and fan of the show now co-host Pecan Court Michael. So check out the TFG1 podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transform and roll out. Well, you know what? Hmm. I'm going to just say it right here. You can record this or not. I'm just going to say it. People complaining about the turtles have to be a certain way. Yeah. I have one thing to say to most of you guys. Fuck you. (laughs) And I have a retort to whatever you're about to say. Is Splinter Master Yoshi or Master Yoshi's Pet Rat? I rest my case. (laughs) And if I have to explain it, I will. The original comic to the 87 series is as blasphemous to the original comic as... The idea of turtles being aliens. There is no sacred cow with Ninja Turtles. That's all there is to it. There is no sacred cow. You can't go be talking about, oh, this has to be exactly like this. Because the people who say that are people who say it has to be like 87. People who Mm -hmm. who were stuck with the comics tolerated or even embraced all these different versions. The only people who are saying it has to be this are the 87 fans. And that's why I say... That's why I call bullshit, because cause if people are saying oh it has to be like the original Mirage comics, those people would be shouted down by the eighty seven fans anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean you can't have it both ways,
1: but you know that's not really the the what I'm getting out of it. It's you remember a few weeks ago when I said that there's a kind of a phenomenon in uh the hell in uh in oral tradition where stories will evolve to a certain point and then they just kind of stop and it's like throughout all uh, oral tradition it's like in religion and you know folk tales and even television uh, where you have this you have uh, franchises that'll just kind of it'll evolve and people will tell stories to other people and then then they'll add their own stuff and they'll come back and they'll add even more stuff and then after a while it just kind of plateaus and it becomes what it is and I think that's kind of what happened to the turtles because to me you know no the 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 87 series is not a sacred cow but i also think that it's like uh one of the most important evolutionary steps for the franchise it absolutely
0: is it absolutely is it, yeah. it defines some some of the character traits of the characters yeah. it defines the idea that they should have different colors which is instrumental in several outlets but other than that other than that, a lot of the things they had never made into anything else. crane never made into anything else
1: yeah e- and even even the series itself uh stopped evolving after like the second season
0: well a- well actually after the five part mini
1: yeah
0: well, I'll give it a little more credit to that okay where's the credit last where's the last time you saw punk frogs
1: I'm not talking about the <laughs> punk frogs you know i'm i I'm not being absent just this here where every single every single episode Contributed in some way or form, but I'm saying that like uh, the the series itself uh, picked up steam in the second series, and a lot of what people like about it is in the first, second, and even part of the third season. And then everything after that is like the stuff that everyone forgot. You know, the Red Sky season. Like nobody, no one would even think of like considering that like actual Turtles lore. They're like, what? That never happened. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't remember a red sky season.
0: <laughs> well, it's true. It's uh, but, I. I just really think that uh, there are bad things done with turtles. I mean, the CG movie was a bad thing. The uh, yeah, anything that every, every time we try to add a female turtle, that's a bad thing. But the whole alien thing is blown way out of proportion because it's an off-the-cuff thing. Michael Bay said. And he was talking about the look of the turtles, not their origin. He says, oh, when you see these turtles, you're going to be like, wow, they're an alien species.
1: Mm, You know, I've read that over and over, and uh, it sounds like he's talking about more than just the look.
0: Honestly, it's so vague, and there's not even a script leak yet. I think people are just trying to find a reason to jump down Bay's throat. I'm the last guy who's going to really, you know, fight hard to defend Michael Bay, but it is such a vague sentence i really don't think this is cause for alarm yet
1: and the point that i made uh, earlier in the week is that this is only the beginning even if even if he if he absolutely meant that these are going to be alien turtles this is just the beginning michael bay is going to add so much terrible terrible shit to this movie that you know guaranteed you're going to have uh government guys in suvs in the movie major plot point Major characters, so you know, this is just this is just the start. The alienness is going to be totally in the back of your mind by the time this movie comes out.
0: Absolutely. It's like I said, this this movie isn't even in finished pre pre production yet. It's it's still in development. It's go go on YouTube and watch Kevin Smith talking about the Superman film. Yeah. It's at that stage right now. And I don't remember uh, Superman Returns having a Thanagarian snare beast in it. So, you know, like I said, I don't want to hear it. I, I, think, I think this is way too reactionary, way too, it has to be my way or no way. And <clears throat> let's be honest, the uh, CG movie was their way. It was, it was amb- ambigu- ambiguously linked to everything, but not good at all. How well did that do in the theater, anyway? It did shit. Oh, let's see. Let me find the exact numbers. Let me let me go on uh, Wikipedia, but it did shit. Let's
1: see. Maybe I can slap this at the end of the episode.
0: Yeah, like I said, I just think it's really reactionary, and most of the people who are complaining about it are the '87 is only crowd and. I really don't like the 87 is only crowd, because they they try to hold the 87 series as a secret cow of how Turtles should always be, and they're the same people who never gave 03 a chance. That's true. But uh, who was it you were arguing with on Twitter? Cause I don't Dan think Shive. He,
1: Yeah, I don't think Dan Shive was really arguing for 87, because it sounded like he was just taking issue with the whole alien thing, which... You know, I, I have to admit that, you know, alien turtles just does sound kind of dumb.
0: Well, like I said, it's a is is Splinter Master Yoshi or Master Yoshi's pet? I, I really think that that's the best way to, to put it, because it's how come one thing could change that fundamental in the series? And the other thing would, you know, you could just be OK with it just being what it is.
1: But that changed so early on that, like, that the majority of turtle fans aren't even weren't even aware at first that that had changed. Uh, whereas changing something major at this stage, where everyone is so used to it being one way, is a bit more jarring. And there's sometimes you can change stuff, like when they changed uh, the web shooters in, in Spider-Man. I was okay, okay with that. That
0: didn't really bother me at all. It's it's uh, No, cuz it was it was a
1: good change. It was something that I always thought should be. I'm like, why does he need like, why why can't he just have like web shooters on his body?
0: Well, the thing is, you it, you know, people were bitching about the uh, organic web shooters, but in the end, yeah, but who was really bitching about it?
1: I I never saw anyone.
0: The the, uh, the diehard Spidey fans. I, I saw message boards full of it. It's uh, but in the end, the movie is so well crafted. It's it's not even a point. It's uh, okay. I've got the numbers here. The movie actually did make uh, its money back, and then some. It the, had a budget of thirty-four million and made ninety-five million. Yeah. So it actually did make its money back, but the movie was shit. And you know, like I said, it's just really funny that this series tried to tie itself to every turtle series ever. Tried to say, "Oh, this might be a continuation of the movies." It might be continuation of '87. It might be continuation of '03. We're so ambiguous. You can just enjoy it, but can you? That's how it felt to me. I mean, you either just say, "Okay, this is a turtles series. We're not going to tie it to anything. We're just going to do our own turtles thing." But no, they're like, they're like, "Oh, here's a hint. Oh, this this is this is something that was from this from the movies. This is something from '87. Oh, enjoy it. Ha ha ha. You know what I mean, Neil? Yeah. Have you seen the movie? No, I haven't. It's shit.
1: Is it better than Ninja Turtles 2?
0: Secret of the Ooze? It's better than Ninja Turtles 3. Mm. I just heard Neil sigh there.
1: I don't don't know, because... You know, my opinion of those two movies, I think they're both shit, but they've kind of flip-flopped over the years, whereas I used to think that number three was the shitty one, and I'm like, no, wait, no, number two was pretty shitty, and it might actually beat out three. Just because it had the Super Shredder and and Vanilla Ice wrapping in it, and oh my god, it was just it was nothing like the original, and yet it tried to be. Yeah, it's whereas the third one they were at least trying to have fun.
0: Yeah, this this really was not a good. You know, the CG movie is not good at all. I, I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't recommend watching it. It's it's not a good Turtles film. It's about Patrick Stewart as an immortal warrior with with uh, Stone Brothers and alien portals, and the turtles are there. I mean, how could you get away with that? I don't know. If you're going to do a turtle what? movie, a first turtle movie in years, do a movie about the turtles.
1: Did you happen to read uh, Peter Laird's comment about uh, the Alien Turtles? What did he say?
0: Cause apparently, apparently,
1: a lot of people have been writing him to tell him that he's got to stop Michael Bay. He's like, I couldn't stop Michael Bay even if I wanted to, and he kind of gave his opinion on it. And it, there was this was heavily laced with sarcasm, mind you. He he said that the idea of Alien Turtles might be genius because because uh, finally someone has come up with a, with a way to have as many turtles as you want by having a whole planet full of them. And he did, of course, compare it to Venus to Milo and how basically it opens the door to every bad character that could possibly exist.
0: The one thing that makes them step down from the mountaintop is the concept of a female turtle. They would tolerate all sorts of shit, but not that. But like I said, I think the alien thing is going way too far.
1: I just, I, I hear alien and I'm like, oh God, because I know the way Michael Bay thinks. And,
0: you think they're going to come out? They're going to they're going to land in giant turtle shell ships that, uh, you know. No,
1: but I so there's like a blog dedicated to basically predicting the plot points of the movie, and one of them is the, the turtles learn Earth culture on the way to the on the way to Earth, and when they when they get off the the spaceship, they'll be they'll be talking like uh, cowabunga, like yeah, they'll be talking in the outdated eighties jive, and and oh, God. I don't think that's going to happen, but. Uh, <laughs> You're not. I,
0: you're not picturing tur- uh, uh, four turtle form uh, shells flying through the atmosphere with with burning while they're playing the Autobot arrival yeah. theme.
1: No, no. Oh God, you know that just that made me think of them. And it's surf- like spinning. It's, it, tur- they could be spinning turtle shells like like Gamora.
0: And then and then they land and it scans it scans a surf shop and that's what forms them into uh, Jive talking yeah. turtles. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh my God! You know, I just remembered that that the Transformers did learn English from the internet. <laughs> oh, no. oh, no! They may be right.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm just making a joke, and I'm just scaring Neil yeah. by making jokes.
1: See, they're gonna start the movie like like uh, like the beginning of uh, of uh, shit. What was that movie with with Jodie Foster where the uh, Contact, where uh, you know they get they get the uh, they get the uh, the broadcast back and it's like it's the first television image that was ever sent out which was which was Hitler. You know, it'll it'll be like it'll be something like that, except that it'll be a much later image like uh like something from eighties television. And you know, of course that's what influences the turtles. They they get all this eighties television and they think that's how modern humans talk. And they'll get they'll yeah, they'll just climb out of the spaceship and be like, Whoa, bodacious, gnarly,
0: <laughs> Reaganomics.
1: <laughs> oh. Oh my God! It is going to be that.
0: <laughs> oh, like God. I said, if it scans like a martial arts academy, if the shell scan martial arts academy and a surf story right next to each other on a strip shop shop, and that's what formats the turtles. Neil's now picturing it. It's going. Oh my God! That's going to happen. God damn it! You are, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> but. But yeah, but I, back to what I was
1: I was talking about with, which was why people accept certain things and other other things. Uh, I think it has to do with when the evolutions take place, where something like Splinter doesn't matter, but something like the mutation, which has been like established over and over and over, and now it gets taken out. You know, that's that's why people react the way they are now. Yep, that's important. And uh, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like Wonder Woman's uh, shorts. When they try to give Wonder Woman's pants, uh, it's the same objection where people are like, people are like, well, you can't put. You can't, like, take away Wonder Woman shorts. That's the original classic Wonder Woman. And then somebody says, well, actually, the original Wonder Woman had a dress. Yeah, but before but before Wonder Woman was really established, you know. Before
0: Wonder Woman was established, if you tie her up in and in, in bound her gauntlets together, she's helpless. It's yeah. submissive.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's the evolved one that everyone prefers, and that's kind of what I think is happening with the Turtles.
0: Yeah, the original Wonder Woman comics were kind of kinky.
1: Yeah. And it's it's true of all superheroes. The original Superman is way different than what he is now. Actually, what he was before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, we're kind of cranky about the the new evolution of Superman. You know? Yeah, it's the original Batman was way different. He
0: carried guns.
1: Yeah, and and he he evolved quickly, and then he kind of stayed the way he was and is the way he is now because of that.
0: Yeah, it's. But yeah, like I said, I really do think. I mean. You want to talk about turtles and blasphemous. Like I said, 87 is plenty of blasphemous to the original Mirage. And the turtles OVA anime is plenty of blasphemous to everything. <laughs> but, I mean, you can't start picking sacred cows with turtles. I really yeah. don't think you can. It's because it's, 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 there's been so much stuff done. Most of it's shit. Mm. And we're, if we're supposed to tolerate that much, I mean, you can't just start saying, oh, this should always be like this you can't do that i will give you
1: i will give you the point on on the on the 2003 series that people should have been a lot more receptive to that just because it was a reflection of all the evolutions that had happened up to that time except for that mutation yes where it said okay we're going to take the best of the 87 and the original comic and anything else we can kind of glance at we're going to mix it all into this one show and we're going to give you the best possible turtles we can and that's what—that's really what we got with the O three series.
0: Yeah, it's uh, well, yeah, it's. I, I really do think that the, you know, like I said, Michael Bay really isn't the smartest guy on the. Uh... Oh god. No. So when he says they're an alien species, I really do think he's talking about the look. But again, I think it's so vague you really can't take that at face value. For a reason, the Bay Rage.
1: If, if I go to see that movie and there are aliens on a ship, that, a turtle that, shell shaped shape
0: ship shell that. that that crashes. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be throwing a drink at the screen.
0: <laughs> what if it scans a surf shop and a martial arts academy to reformat the turtles to fit in the, their environment? God damn it! Well, who knows? Who knows? Like I said, there's not even a script leak yet. Wait until the script leaks before you get mad. And you know what? If it if it turns out to be aliens, then get mad. But but really, there is no secret cow with turtles. Just just let it be. Now that's my stance. Mm. I know Neil disagrees, but but that's okay. Alright, uh well we just finished that piece, so we got some more recording done, Neil. Yes we did. Wow. But yeah.
1: I'll, I'll stitch this all together.